Welcome to the ABR podcast, where some of Australian Book Review's contributors read their articles or discuss them with ABR staff. My name is Peter Rose and I'm the editor of ABR. If you enjoy these podcasts, think about subscribing to the magazine. Those 25 and under can do so for as little as $25 for the online version or just $60 for print plus online. I wanted to let you know about the 2024 tour of the Adelaide Festival and Writers Week, which ABR will present with our commercial partner, Academy Travel. I'll be co-leading the tour with Christopher Menz, a former director of the Art Gallery of South Australia. Join us for nine days of concerts and performances, guided tours of museums and galleries, plus sessions at Writers Week, the odd restaurant, and ABR's unique brand of conversation and conviviality. Full details are available from the Academy Travel website. See you in Adelaide. This week on the ABR podcast, historian Zora Simich reviews Graham Turner's new book, The Shrinking Nation, How We Got Here and What Can Be Done About It. Simich begins by noting that state-of-the-nation books are hard to do well, and reminds us that the success of Donald Horne's 1964 classic, The Lucky Country, was the exception, not the rule. The problem, explains Simich, is that state-of-the-nation books can capture the zeitgeist, but always run the risk of being outrun by history itself. Zora Simich is a senior lecturer in history and gender studies at the University of New South Wales, and a regular reviewer for ABR. Here she is with Capturing the Mood, a new addition to a tricky genre, published in the October issue of ABR. Hello, my name is Zora Simic. I'm a historian and a gender studies scholar, and in both of those fields I focus on Australia. This makes me predisposed to have an interest in Graham Turner's new book, The Shrinking Nation, How We Got Here and What Can Be Done About It. It's the focus of my review, titled Capturing the Mood, a new addition to a tricky genre. State of the Nation books are a tricky genre. For every The Lucky Country, Donald Horne's 1964 best-selling indictment of 1960s Australia, there must be at least a dozen more which fall swiftly into obsolescence. Yet this common fate is not necessarily a bad thing. Such books are meant to be timely, not timeless. As an intervention into the contemporary moment, such texts' success or value resides in fresh and useful analysis, which is currently lacking elsewhere and the ability of the author to capture a mood that is, if not national, at least pervasive enough to be widely recognisable. At the same time, it helps that if that mood has not yet been properly articulated. To raise the bar further, the best of them offer both vital historical perspective and a path forward, and are written in a persuasive and accessible style which stops short of polemic but resists hesitant equivocation. Historically, the State of the Nation book has been a masculinist genre. Dependent on a notable degree of established cultural authority, though there have been feminist challenges or alternatives, and notable exceptions and shifts. Julianne Schultz's widely praised publication, The Idea of Australia, A Search for the Soul of the Nation, published in 2022, springs to mind. Relatedly, the authors are typically invested in something called the nation however critical they may be of its present manifestation. In Horne's case, it was a nascent sense of what a nation could be or slowly becoming, 
as it unshackled itself from decades of complacent parochialism, epitomised by the White Australia policy, then still in effect, but under increasing public scrutiny as well as political reform. On the basis of the generic criteria sketched above, Graham Turner's latest and approximately 30th book, The Shrinking Nation, hits its marks. His argument that the nation has shrunk, quote, that it is now less than it was and less than it should be, end quote, is compelling, especially as he begins with what he calls the dysfunctional state of Australian political culture. The features he identifies, rotating leaders, most of them professional politicians devoid of vision beyond political survival, systemic corruption with a corresponding lack of accountability, and the punitive cruelty of bipartisan border policies, to name just a few, are so entrenched that most readers will find a catalogue of them depressing and familiar reading. Still, it is a necessary starting point for a wider discussion of the corrosive effects of rolling cultural wars and economic rationalism, or more broadly, neoliberalism, on public life and its key institutions, including the public service, universities and the media. An adept synthesizer and generous scholar, Turner navigates the terrain with due recognition of the contributions of others. From well-known political and economic commentators, such as Laura Tingle, Bernard Keane, Sean Kelly, Ross Gittins, Richard Dennis and George Megalajonis, currently Australia's most prolific and consistently insightful State of the Nation writer, through to academic experts such as Harvard historians Stephen Levitsky and Daniel Ziblatt, authors of How Democracies Die from 2018, and fellow cultural and media studies scholars, including Mark Andreevich, author of Automated Media, published in 2019. Turner does not always entirely concur with those he cites. When it comes to the pros and cons of social media, for instance, he veers towards the pessimistic camp. But he does model a respect for knowledge and expertise, which he argues has been devalued by mainstream politics and media. In making this case, Turner acknowledges US writer Tom Nichols's book, The Death of Expertise, The Campaign Against Established Knowledge and Why It Matters, published in 2017, while pointing out what is distinctive about Australia. Here, the, quote, public engagement with academics has shrunk significantly over time, end quote. A development that Turner explains is a, quote, at least partially due to the manner in which politicians and the media have treated them and Australia's residual anti-intellectualism, which is always there to be revived, even when apparently dormant in the service of political interests, end quote. Throughout, Turner draws on his own past research. It is at these points that the shrinking nation begins to transcend the limits of the state of the nation genre. As a long-time observer of and participant in national culture, variously defined, including by him, Turner, an inaugurating and hugely influential figure in cultural studies and its offshoots in Australia, is uniquely and generatively placed to explain how we got here and to defend a positive sense of the nation against its more insidious and divisive variants. Harking back to one of his best-known books, Making It National, Nationalism and Australian Popular Culture, published in 1994, Turner notes, quote, the many warning signs, end quote, that prefaced our contemporary moment, including how high-profile businessmen like Alan Bond and John Elliott harnessed the cultural nationalism of the time for their own profitable interests. Elsewhere, Turner laments what he sees as the dismal state of legacy media, such as television news and current affairs, with reference to his book, Ending the Affair, The Decline of Television Current Affairs in Australia, 
published back in 2005. Ever alert to the contradictory effects of social and cultural change, and keenly aware that, quote, the project of nation formation has gradually moved into the background of most Western democracies, end quote, Turner carefully argues for its updated continuation and for the benefit of Benedict Anderson's now unfashionable concept of an imagined community. On this front, he's most convincing when offering specific suggestions, as he does when citing his recent collaborative research on shifts in Australian cultural policy to argue for an updated version of the Keating government's Creative Nation Policy Statement of 1994. When surveying the contemporary cultural landscape for positive signs of national culture or renewal, however, Turner is on shakier ground. Not because there are no examples, he provides plenty, but because he missed opportunities to offer nuance or closer analysis at crucial points. Public mourning over the death of cricketer Shane Warne, for example, is uncritically elevated to a national celebration, which delivered, quote, the pleasures of belonging, end quote. And while sensitive to the enduring racism and sexism of dominant national imaginaries, Turner approvingly notes the, quote, heightened visibility, end quote, of, quote, young Indigenous women in public debate, end quote, without naming any of them or engaging with their ideas. Then again, if he had foregrounded Chelsea Watago's Another Day in the Colony, published in 2021, or any number of challenges to so-called Australia from First Nations writers, the notion of a people's nation would be harder to envision and defend. State of the Nation books can capture the zeitgeist, but always run the risk of being outrun by history itself. As a new addition to the genre, The Shrinking Nation is a thoughtful, well-informed and sometimes rousing, elegantly written book by a cultural historian who has long valued publicly engaged scholarship. While some aspects are already inevitably dated, the nation of an Indigenous voice to Parliament has become much more divisive and since I wrote the review, has been rejected, much of what Turner describes is still playing out, and will do for some time. But even as Turner impressively meets the State of the Nation brief, he also leaves the we to whom his assessment is addressed unexamined. With the proliferation of alternative perspectives on Australia, from the writings of Baruz, Buchani, to the edited collections of Sweatshop, developments Turner does not canvas, the limits of the genre have arguably never been more apparent. Thanks for listening to the Australian Book Review podcast. Join us again next week. If you enjoyed this episode, why not consider subscribing to ABR? Subscriptions start from just $10 a month for full digital access. Visit our website for more information. We'd like to thank Stacey Chan, who edits the podcast, as well as our contributors who take the time to read their articles and creative writing. And if you enjoy listening to the ABR podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes.